0: We should never despair. Our situation before has been unpromising and has changed for the better, so I trust it will again. If new difficulties arise, we must only put forth new exertions and proportion our efforts to the exigency of the time.
1: The words of General George Washington. And this is The Guardians of the Republic. Hello, I'm Patrick Murray from the Monmouth University Poll, and
0: my co-host is Ian Kahn from
1: the TV series Turn, Washington
0: Spies. On this episode of the podcast, we look at the challenges facing the Republic this week. We'll cover the Super Tuesday results in both our polling and hot take segment, and wrap with our Guardian of the Week. Please, please make sure to subscribe, give us a rating in your favorite podcast app, and tell your friends. So, Patrick, let's talk about how the Republic has is being challenged this week.
1: Well, I think we got to start with the number one challenge worldwide, and it's certainly having an impact here in the United States. It's the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. What are your take on what this actually means? We know what it means health-wise. What does it mean in terms of the republic?
0: Well, I, I think it's one of those situations we've been talking about for the last number of years where we're wondering what happens when President Trump is faced with a challenge. And how will he handle that challenge? Um, So much about in life is how we handle the tough spots, and right now, uh, seemingly, things are being held off in terms of the pandemic side of things, Um, but my opinion, at least so far, is that President Trump is handling this the way he handles a lot of things, which is recklessly um, and not with a tremendous amount of care. Uh, That's that's been my opinion so far. How about you, Patrick?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, obviously the tail of the tape will be once the pandemic actually hits uh, the U.S. and we're just starting to see it uh, move from the West Coast uh, across the country. Uh, One of the things that I thought was interesting, because about what you said, is the tail of the tape for a lot of presidents is how they handle those big crisis moments. And uh, we're going to be talking a lot about uh, what happened on Super Tuesday, but I want to throw in one thing that I saw in the exit polls um, when I was looking at them very closely on Tuesday night, which was there was a question on there about the importance of coronavirus to your vote. And it was fairly important to a lot of people, and uh, they, most of them voted for Joe Biden. Now, did they change their mind and vote for Joe Biden because of the coronavirus? Ah. No, no, they did not what they did was say the coronavirus just simply reminds me, when I look at what's going on with the current occupant of the White House, about how much we need somebody who knows what they're doing when we get into these crisis moments.
0: Do you remember I texted you on, I think it was Sunday or Monday— uh, I was before Super Tuesday, and I said, I think this coronavirus is going to end up helping Joe Biden. For that very reason, because we're in a situation where the world is sort of turned upside down. And actually, the world turned upside down, uh, for many people uh, will know that it's from... It's a, it's a song that was played uh, during Yorktown. But also, it was huge in the Hamilton, in the show Hamilton, which I highly recommend, including to my podcast partner, who has yet to see the show. And right. I'm going to... I will take you by the hand. I know. To see I'm so this embarrassed. Show. I will about buy this, you right? your ticket. I will I'm going to set this up. This this is going to happen. But the the quote at the top interestingly enough was to Philip Schuyler in 1777 in one of the toughest times during the war and I was just so f- I was so excited when I read that this morning. I thought that it, it fit nicely in with Joe Biden and his situation.
1: Philip, Philip Schuyler, who was Hamilton's
0: father and mother, and had you seen the yep. she, seen the show, you would not ask that as if it were a question. You would state it as I, if I just
1: remember. No, I I just, remember, no, I re, I just re forget which Schuyler it is because the Schuyler house is is about thirty miles from where I live. Oh, is it really? Ah, that's yeah, that's great. So
0: yeah. when the reason I texted you that about Biden was because the world is turned upside down and what do you need? What does one need in that spot is, is sort of someone who can come in and calm the waters. Uh, we're going to get into later what happened with Klobuchar, with Pete and with everything else that's happened. But that's why I thought that instinctually what Bernie is sort of bringing to the race is more upheaval. Um, sort of changing the way we do business in our country. So I, I thought that the Corona was going to help Biden. Sort of someone say, "Hey, please, can someone just bring us back to the good old days?" Almost. Uh, so that was why that was why I reached out about that.
1: Yeah, no, I you're, you you were absolutely right, and the the data bore that out. Uh, that that was just a reinforcement of the kind of person and experience that is needed in the White House for a lot of these voters saying, yeah, yeah, we don't need things shaken up too much right now. We need somebody who has a steady hand, who knows I will appoint the right experts to do the job. I won't.
0: Yeah. I mean, Anthony Fauci, who I've met and who is a man of immense grace intelligence. Um, it, he, you know, he's been in that job for 30 years. I remember talking to him. It was last time I spoke with him was right before Trump took over. And I asked him what it was like to work with all the different presidents. Um, and he said, you know, it's just like they're your boss. <laughs> you know, and you go in, and you're they're your boss. But we always have Fauci in that position. Unfortunately, it seems that he was sort of put aside a little bit to give Pence more of the speaker's voice, which From my perspective was not ideal. Also, the way the president came up with something the other day talking about an Obama policy that they have now changed um, about testing and that we figured out that Obama made that mistake. You know, I I don't like that. I personally don't like that. I I, I don't like passing responsibility in, in such a way. It just seems childish, frankly what a child would do. So
1: what we're seeing right now is that the evidence suggests that if this does turn out to be a significant pandemic here in the United States with a lot of impact is it doesn't look like the Trump administration has set itself up well to, no. to take care of this. And in those types of situations, you can't blame the last guy. No, because and the especially pub, not the three public, years the public, Yeah, the public won't accept that. But so also, we'll, we'll see.
0: I'm sorry, but also when the tax cuts happened, we also saw a lot of cuts to funding for this very specific, this specific department. And I remember thinking, why would you cut that? That could just blow up in your face so very badly. Now, maybe President Trump is going to get lucky upon lucky and it's going to stay sort of in one, two, three, four little spots and not go across the country. But if it goes across the country, I mean, it's going to be upheaval like I don't think we've seen.
1: Okay, so we're going to see what happens with that as this develops. This is certainly going to be a developing story, but uh, there are other things uh, that happened this week that I think are are worth taking a look at. Uh, One is that uh, comment that uh, Chuck Schumer made about uh, uh, Trump appointees to the judiciary. won't know what hit him. And John Roberts' response, what do you think of that?
0: I thought that was, uh, I thought it was unfortunate in every direction. Uh, I think, you know, Chuck Schumer is trying so hard to sort of take on the Trump style, you know, to come out and try to punch people in the face. But what I found even more unfortunate or uh, troubling was John Roberts coming out and speaking out against Chuck Schumer in that spot. Because there have been so many times where the president has sort of, Use similar language, and Roberts has kept his mouth shut. so it was surprised that surprised me. Am I missing something here, Patrick? Uh, no, I was, I was looking at exactly what I had to go back and look at what Schumer
1: said exactly to see if that was in some way different than what Trump had done. and I'm not sure that it is. I, and some people might make the argument that it was, it was much broader based than Trump's personal attacks. But per- Trump is also, if you go back in time, Trump has also made widespread attacks against the judiciary. Huge. So, yes. Yeah, so and John Roberts hasn't said anything. So, yeah, that, that was, you know, John Roberts, who has clearly, for those of us who are observing him, tried to set himself up as a defender of the Constitution as, you know, he's one of the few left in that role where he has to think about how the public views the institutions, and we've seen that in a number of things that he's done in the way he handled the impeachment trial, in a number of the cases uh, that have come out, for for example, the Obamacare case uh, that uh, he did not overturn, the, the case about adding the uh, citizenship question to the, uh, to, the, to the census. So all those things, John Roberts, you know, you see he's trying to tread this line of maintaining the public trust. So this is one where you think he'd have to be really careful, Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you're going to say it on one side, you better make sure you have said it on the other side as well.
0: Now, there, to give him some credit, there was that one time where he did come out and speak against President Trump when Trump was talking about Obama judges versus Trump judges. And he, and he did come out and say there is no Obama judges or Trump judges. They are United States judges. So he, there was that one time. It's just that Trump does it almost monthly. He'll come out with something against the judiciary. Um, and here... John, first time that we've seen Schumer come out in that way, but also I, I, I give a little Yeah,
1: and, and and Schumer should should not have said that.
0: That's I, what I wanted yeah, to just yeah. say is that I, I actually give a little X uh, against Chuck Schumer on this particular point because I, I don't think that was appropriate. I don't think that that's the way you go about doing it. Yep, that was that was that was my opinion. One thing that before we move on to Matt Gates, um, you know, one thing I want to talk about just back to the coronavirus for a moment is what's going on with the markets. And how that is affecting the republic right now. Do you have any quick thought about that?
1: Uh, it, it'll be a long-term impact because we see the markets react to all sorts of things. Um, and certainly the, the coronavirus, the reaction is that the Chinese supply chain will be broken down. So yeah. if you're looking ahead, that's going to be a problem. Did you see that, that they bounced back on Wednesday? With, yeah. the, with Joe Biden's win, it's like this, this, again, this goes to what I was saying about what we saw in the exit polls is this sense that, oh, if Joe Biden can win— uh, then maybe there's a possibility we'll see some more stability and questions that are made. Of course, the, the Fed also cut the interest rate. Yeah, at but the same that time, didn't, so. that
0: didn't do much. But that yeah. was on Tuesday. And look, we're, we're we're recording this now on noon on Thursday. Elizabeth Warren has just dropped out of the race. We're going to get to that in a moment. But the Dow is down currently 800 points today. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're talking about a huge drop, and how that affects everything in the country. And, and, and it's, you know, I went to, I went to pick up my computer, which was sort of having a little bit of trouble. There's a little inside story about what's going on. Um, so I went to pick it up and I was uh, getting into the elevator at the mall with a, a very nice lady. And she said, will you press the button? Cause I don't want to press the button. I said, yeah, I can press the button. And I kind of used my elbow to press the button. And she looked at me and she said, you know, soon we're never going to be allowed to leave the house. I thought about that and I said, yeah, that's right. That is possible, not definite, but it is possible that we're going to go down that road. If that happens, we're talking about the whole world is turned upside down. People aren't going to movies anymore. They're not going to go to the theater. Baseball season is going to start. Do you want to sit next to somebody so close and have your, you know, constantly every four minutes put new um, sanitizer on your hands? Things are going to change. And uh, depending if this can be, if this is not held in check.
1: Yeah, I'm, I, I'm curious in terms of the actual impact of this versus uh, Ebola or SARS um, going back 15 years or mm-hmm. 16 years for SARS, which it seems that would be more similar. There seems to be a lot more fear around
0: this. Well, this one is it, from what we have learned, from what Fauci said, because I was lucky enough to catch him on one of the shows. And he said, look, it's, it's incredibly... It, 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 it's very contagious. Like if you get a touch of it and it gets into your, it gets on your hands and it gets into your mouth or into your nose, you're going to get it most likely. It's also, um can be quite deadly for the wrong age groups you know and for people who have underlying health problems so there's going to be a, a if it if it does indeed spread w- you know we'll be safe to keep doing the show and yeah. people are going to need the content because they're going to be at home in my town there's a school that closed because there was a man f- who lives in westchester whose child goes to this school oh, that lawyer who-
1: Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. him.
0: That's my town. And that's not where my kids go to school, but that school is closed. There's another private school that just closed this morning in New York City. That school is closed. Once that starts happening and kids are having to stay home from school and then parents have to stay home to take care of their kids, things are going to change and it's going to have some long-term ramifications on the country and on President Trump. But
1: uh, but again, I wonder if it is more contagious than some similar things that have come across the board. I think that it is. But I, and I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying I don't know. But what I do know is that we are just, in general, in a more fear-based environment than we were, have ever been before. Yeah, and, and but, in I, our memories. but I think And I think, I think I that agree. feeds in it. That, that, what I'm saying is that that feeds in it. This, this might all be true. This might be worse than other viruses that have come across in the past uh, generation and at the same time on top of that you've got this sense that we are geared up for fear.
0: Yeah, already. I think you're right. I think it's an interesting point about social media that everyone's talking about it it's it's at the center of everyone's minds. When SARS was happening there was no Twitter, there was no Facebook. There you know there was no with with Ebola, but also those didn't travel continents as quickly. Yeah. One place that you should be careful and, we're, and then we're going to move on to Matt Gates cuz what a clown. Um when you put in your, when you do your gas when you fill your gas tank, have um, paper towels in your car and wrap your hand in paper towels while you're putting in the gas because it is a Petri dish <laughs> because it's just constantly people picking it up and moving it. Um, and that's I've, got, one... I've
1: got an even better tip for you on that. Go for it. Move to New Jersey, which is the only state <laughs> left in the nation where it is illegal to pump your own gas.
0: Okay. The attendant
1: has to come out and do it for you.
0: I don't know, man. And I the don't... gas
1: is and the gas isn't any more expensive than it no, is. No, it's in New much York. cheaper in so, Jersey. So, so it's probably even cheaper for you to, to cross the George Washington Bridge, get your gas and go back.
0: Most definitely not. That it is not. It is not you're not gonna save fifteen dollars in gas. Yes, but, but you you're may... not gonna put your hands on the uh <laughs> or on just, the gas pump. Or just listen, if you don't live right close to the George Washington Bridge, good bridge by the way. Um just just bring some paper <laughs> towels on your car. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, let's move on to Matt Gates because he's a clown. So they're voting on the coronavirus funding in the house. And he comes out with a gas mask. Now, here's here, here's here's the issue I have with that. And he, and he and he's posting uh, posed pictures of him
1: reading the yeah. bill with a gas mask on. And, uh, what a, what a,
0: what an absolute clown that guy is! Um, my dangerous people, clown. My
1: people would call him a gavone.
0: Okay, I don't even know what that means. It's, but a, it's an
1: Italian. It's Italian for clown. Uh, it's Italian. Oh, okay. Amer- it's actually Italian American for clown.
0: Well, yeah. it, notice one thing in that picture. Not only does he have the gas mask on, but he's got on these black and white patent leather shoes that really draw attention. That's just clown behavior, man. You just want attention. You just want everyone to come and look at you. So you know what? Let's not look at you. You're you know, it goes back with politicians now. Are you a misbehaving child? Because if you're a misbehaving child, I'm not interested in you, president, Mr. President, and I'm not interested in you, Matt Gates. Child? All right. Sorry, that's that, as angry as I'm going to get. No, I won't even no, talk no, about No, no, but, but yeah, yeah. No,
1: that's <laughs> why I, I figured you're going to have to have to say something about Ben Sass. No. Uh, uh,
0: well, I'll just say this about Ben Sass. Um, I do, I had a moment where I was thinking about, I spend a lot of time thinking about Ben Sass, don't I? Um, I had a moment this week where I realized I think I know his plan. And here I am giving Ben Sass a little bit of credit. Ben Sass is going to win his primary because he has the support of the president. In March, March 31st, I think is the date when that passes in Nebraska. And here's what I think is going to happen. I think if President Trump is reelected, that Ben Sass is going to become a thorn in the side of President Trump for the next four years because he'll have six years before his next election. So I'm holding out. I just had this moment where I went, because I do like the guy. That's why I get so angry. It's like uh, if you have Ian, a relationship. Ian, I know, Ian, I know. But it's like if you have a relationship know, with someone. I know
1: I know. Mitt Romney gave you that kind of that flicker that, no, uh, that, that no. this could happen.
0: Wait but a minute. Mitt uh, Romney, I called Mitt Romney. No, but what, and, what, I'm
1: saying, no, what I'm saying is Mitt Romney so far has been the only one who's lived up to those types of expectations.
0: I understand. And I call, who are the two guys I said could do it? Who are the two senators that I said are going to stand up? Mitt Romney and Ben yes, Sass. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm now saying... <laughs> you just keep holding out hope for Ben I Sass. do. I am an optimistic man by nature, and I looked at him as someone who was on the side of good. Someone who cared about the Republic more than he cared about himself. So I'm holding out some hope. It was just a a flickering thought about Ben Sachs. Okay, let's move on now to polling. And now what's fun this week is so Patrick and I I were saying, all right, what's up with polling? He's like, polling? We got results. So uh, let's talk about results from the perspective of the number one pollster in America. What did you learn
1: well, we actually do have polling in the results because uh, I, do some, I do consulting work for NBC News during uh, election season. I actually get an inside look at the exit polls, So I get to see numbers that other people don't get to see. So one of the things that we've been talking about with uh, what's going on here, and we'll get to the big picture about what actually happened with Joe Biden, but the, the, the picture of who does well with what groups. So Bernie Sanders does well with young voters, does well with Latinos, does well with liberals. Joe Biden does well with older voters, does well with black voters, does well with moderates. And we saw that pattern emerge in every state that voted on Super Tuesday. Joe Biden did better with those groups that he does better with. Sanders did better with the groups that he does better with. But this was really what fascinated me, is that there's a kind of this threshold of support that you got to get if you're Joe Biden or you're Bernie Sanders with your key groups in order to win that state. So, for for example, in the states that Joe Biden won, he got 62 percent of the black vote. In the states that he lost, he only got 35 percent of the black vote. In states that Bernie Sanders won, he got 56 percent of the young vote. In states that he lost, he got 44 percent of the young vote. And we can go back and forth with all these numbers. The Latino vote is the one that I think was most interesting because, as we know, uh, Joe Biden eked out a win in Texas. And Texas is the only state that voted so far that has a significant chunk of Latino voters and a significant chunk of black voters. So what happened in 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 Texas, Joe Biden gets fifty-eight percent of the black vote in Texas. That's close to his winning margin on average. Bernie Sanders got thirty-nine percent of the Latino vote. That's ten points lower than the the share of the Latino vote he got in states like California and Nevada that he's won. So there's an interesting story there in the polling is that it's not just necessarily that Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden is going are going to win the states where there are a lot of voters in their camp they also have to convince the they have to convince those voters that they're they're the candidate that they think they were and um, that's what happened with Joe Biden is that he was able to take his his voters and win them by a significantly higher number than Bernie Sanders was able to win his in most of the states that voted on Tuesday you know i
0: feel like you're missing out i feel like you're leaving something pretty big out which well, is I'm, the cons- the consolidation of Klobuchar and and Buttigieg I mean, to me, that was the was the key and was uh, brilliant on all of their parts to sort of say, I just, to them, I
1: just wanted to throw in some polling numbers that I had. Oh, okay. <laughs> OK. No, OK. Yeah, But yeah. you're right. You're right. This is the big story.
0: I mean, the, the biggest story I, I read earlier today that if Biden indeed goes on to be the president of the United States, there will be books written about what has happened in this past week there will be books written about it because it was so overwhelming. And this idea that Obama proved in 2008 to the African-American voters in South Carolina, who were the, who were the ones that really put him on the, you know, in the same way that they put Biden, they needed to prove in Iowa that the white voters would vote for Obama, at which point the African-American voters in South Carolina got on board very happily. Well, this is the flip version, right? Joe Biden proved in South Carolina to the white voters and to Buttigieg and the Klobuchar and that whole gang, that that he could get the support. And if he can get that support and coalesce that support, he can win. And if he can win, he can beat President Trump. And if he can beat President Trump, we can bring back a certain amount of civility to the experience of being an American again which I think it was, is, the, is the thing that's underlying all of this, which is why, if I would say, if I, have, if I had 15 minutes with Joe Biden, which I intend to try to find a way to do, I would say to him, his best space is his quiet space. I'm going to compare Joe Biden to George Washington for a moment. There is a comparison to be made. George Washington was a man of great suffering, he suffered through many hardships in his life, not just losing his men, losing children, his children of his wife, um, great hardships, which I believe brought a certain amount of humility to his, to his actions in life. Joe Biden has had more hardships than almost anyone you can dream of losing his wife, losing his daughter, then losing his son. That brings a certain amount of quiet and humility to a, to a person. That is what will win him the presidency. If Joe Biden gets on stage and tries to rabble rouse as he did Tuesday night at the end, he's going, he's going to struggle because that's not his lane. That's not what he does best. He needs to be the, the person who spoke about Pete Buttigieg and said he's like my son. That, so, that solemnity is what it is that we're drawn to now and what is so very much needed. That's just my opinion on it.
1: There's, so, there's so much I want to say. I have to say about this, um, which includes some reaction to Sanders and this coalescing around Biden. But let me start with where you ended there. Uh, I've seen Joe Biden a number of times campaign. He, he was a surrogate for a number of congressional candidates back in 2018. Uh, that's when we, we saw the rambling Joe. Uh, it, so there were questions about what it would be like if he ran in 2020. The first time I saw him as a presidential candidate in 2020 was back in August in New Hampshire. And maybe about 150 people were attending his rally uh, late in the afternoon on a Saturday, I think it was. And I remember that weekend on a Friday morning at 9 o'clock in the morning on Friday in New Hampshire, Pete Buttigieg got 900 people out. So you didn't see as much enthusiasm for for Joe Biden. everybody at Joe Biden's rally were older voters. Uh, the only voters uh, in their 20s and 30s were protesters who were at his, at his rally. But I saw two things, and I said this at the time, I remarked on this at the time, is that he was the only one who seemed to have the right message, which was, one, okay, the economy is going well, but are you getting your fair share, or is it going elsewhere? He said, that's why I'm running. He said, the second reason why I'm running is we need a return to decency decency. Yep. Yep. I mean, this is the, 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 if, if there's any word that I can use to describe Joe Biden, and I know there have been uh, comments about his anachronistic way of treating women, because he's a person of another generation. Uh, and I understand that. And, and it's certainly not acceptable in this day and age. But at his core, he is a man of decency. And yeah. I saw that and you continue to see that and i think you're right i think he's you know he's getting up now and saying we don't need a revolution we need just things to work well people to feel comfortable with where they are and that's what i've been saying all along the reason why donald trump is able to do well the reason why bernie sanders is able to do well is because those people don't believe the alternative way of doing things exists that 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 that's only just a way to keep the establishment from uh, to keep uh, the establishment to keep you down but what we saw in the results was black voters, uh, uh, working class voters in the Democratic primary going for Joe Biden organically. These are not, this is not the establishment folks. Now, he may have gotten people like Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg and others to kind of rally around him. Now Mike Bloomberg is rallying around him.
0: Huge, um, huge, right?
1: Huge. And uh, and and you're going to and you we're in some pushback from the Bernie Sanders folks saying, "See, this is all about the establishment trying to stamp us out." And if I can just throw in an anecdote here, uh, I did an interview uh, on Wednesday with uh, i24. It's an Israeli cable network uh, that operates around the world. And it was clear to me from the first question that the interviewer asked that they were in a very confrontational kind of anti-establishment position. Because their question was, was this some sort of plot by Democrats to rally around Joe Biden in order to stop Bernie Sanders? And the tone of the question was, is this something nefarious that's going on? Because that's how the Bernie Sanders folks are, are viewing this. And no, it's not nefarious. It's a combination of a very organic movement. It's a combination of, if you've been paying attention to what I've been saying about the damn polls for a year now, is the reason why there wasn't a front runner is because a significant chunk, a majority of Democratic primary voters were looking for the person that they thought could beat Donald Trump. And they just simply were not sure who it was. Now, for good or for ill, South Carolina sent them the message, this is who it is. Joe Biden might not have been the best choice if you look at the entire field, but he's the best choice that we got right now. And so you got Buttigieg and Klobuchar joining what is really a groundswell movement of Democratic voters who are saying, okay, it's time to get behind the person who we think can win.
0: And why does it make a certain amount of sense? Okay, we talk a lot about the pendulum shift, right? You go from... George Bush you go from uh, Bill Clinton to let's bring decency back with George Bush to okay now let's it's time for a new age to all right let's blow it all up well in the process of blowing it all up that President Trump does now the pendulum shifting to this word of decency kindness mm-hmm. thoughtfulness I would encourage Joe Biden to stay in that lane you ain't gonna win screaming at everybody and telling him everyone's you know the, there was one moment I found particularly frustrating when he said that um, voting is up in Virginia and look they're coming, they're, they're, they're coming out for me I was like no, they're not actually what they're coming out for is someone who can take on the president yep that, that I mean those those numbers in Virginia in 2016 to 2020 yep. you know double the voters in the Democratic primary that's very hopeful stuff for the Democrats because it's saying that no, it's enough. There, there's this is enough we can't have this anymore and if you have enough people doing that look you're going to lose some people from the far left i'm i'm sure that that's yes. true who feel that bernie is being sort of cast aside but the good news for the for the moderate wing of the party is that they coalesced fast enough <laughs> they really did they they if it was if it was 3 days later you, we wouldn't be having the conversation that we're having today and i would not have started off the episode this episode talking about Change, which is why I chose that one, because we saw a reversal of fortunes that unlike anything that we've ever seen in in American politics, maybe ever. What you know, take
1: Bernie Sanders policies aside, because what we found is that the vast majority of voters actually agree with his policies. They Bernie. agree that uh, – with Bernie, yeah. They agree that uh, there should be access, free access to public colleges, at least at community colleges. But vast majority agree with that. vast majority agree that we need to get to Medicare for All at some point in time. What they don't agree with is this sense of my way or the highway. This is the only way to focus on things. Uh, and this is, I think, one of the problems that you know – you're going to lose some of those Bernie Sanders supporters because they see all this coalescing around – joe biden as a conspiracy and it's, it's just not though. it's not it's not, it's, it's not there's a, there was a book back um i don't know how many years ago called the party decides and it was the idea that you know the party should have a role in who represents
0: the party as their presidential nominee yeah but but I, and one could argue in 2016 i think that bernie sanders might have gotten the short end of that stick in regards to dealing with hillary clinton this is a different situation this is this is everyone sort of saying you know what going to... Michael Bloomberg for a minute and his concession speech yesterday where he dropped out of the race and really through his full support, he said, my friend and a truly great American, the whole point is is in Joe Biden. The whole point is to beat Donald Trump. And I yesterday proved that Joe Biden is the person for that job. When Mayor Pete stepped forward, brilliant move on his part, and we'll talk about that in the hot takes, brilliant move by him to step forward and drop out of the race immediately to say it ain't going to be me. And then Klobuchar following suit but then Klobuchar jumping forward and saying, I'm going to endorse. So to recap. Oh, okay. (laughs) Recap. Buttigieg drops out.
1: Klobuchar says, okay, I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to drop out and endorse. Uh, Then Buttigieg says, okay, I'll endorse too. And then you got uh, Beto, who says? Hey, yes. don't forget. Don't forget <laughs> and actually, about me. Hey, that Beto,
0: that Beto talking Spanish at the Biden event might not have hurt with Hispanics in Texas because I who would have dreamed? Well, that's
1: right. What would I just tell you? Uh, Bernie Sanders got 39 percent of the vote yeah. in Texas, where he generally gets 49
0: percent if he's going to win the state. And Beto came forward and and you know. D- Fought his fight and said, "Hey, let's get behind." Now something happened to Biden on on Saturday night, the night of South Carolina. If you notice this, this is a subtle actor thing. When Joe is trying, when when Joe Biden, I'm not on a first first name basis, so I shouldn't do that. When Vice President Biden was out there talking before and he was losing, there was a sense of desperation in his voice, like, "Come on, guys!" All of a sudden, when he became the guy, a much better position for him to speak from, better than most. Because all of a sudden, then, he can relax. Yes. He doesn't have to push. And that's what he has to take into the next period of time. Yeah, I noticed that, too. Since he's been yeah. winning, his the way he comes across is significantly different. And Joe Biden gets with. it. Joe Biden with the big assist. Because oh. Joe Biden, when the vegans start... <laughs> when the vegans start when the, ve- the stage... When the vegans come for you... <laughs> Joe Biden is there. Joe Biden that, will take I, them I t- out. That picture... That picture and, and, you know, and Joe Biden's sister looking concerned and Joe Biden in his decency, almost looking concerned for the vegan person who was protesting as, you know, it was, you know, that's what, that's what makes him kind of special. By the way,
1: I want to, I want to put in a quick word for, you know, vegans, you know, Cory Booker's a vegan. Um, Yeah. They're not all crazy
0: like that. No, no, <laughs> and, there. you know, vegans, have a, vegans certainly have a place, and there's a lot, you know, we, we, we're— no, But we're that was sure. the weirdest thing. Why, why, is, why, does, why is Joe
1: Biden the representative of Big Dairy? <laughs> I, I don't know why he, I was, think he was just the target.
0: I think it was just an opportunity to yeah. get their message out. But, but, but anyway, them.
1: the one thing that I want to, like, kind of end at least this segment with is look at what's happening with the Democratic Party right now versus what happened with the Republican Party four years ago. That the Democratic Party really had a sense that, um, hey, we can uh, take control of our party. Not not that we're this is some sort of conspiracy, but look, at the end of the day, we're going to maintain the integrity of our party, and something that the Republicans weren't able to do.
0: No, because the Republicans were thinking about themselves first. and they. But there was also a roadmap of what happened in 2016. And they saw what was happening. And they saw that they needed to do it. But, you know, we have... I, I think
1: there's a lot of moderate Republicans right now who are just looking at what happened over the past few days and yeah. shaking their heads and saying, why couldn't we have pulled that Maybe, off? Maybe.
0: But I also think a lot of moderate Republicans are saying to themselves, hey, now I've got a place to go. And I think that that is going to be... Although one really, of the things
1: that we should say is, you know, uh, at this point... If, that Donald Trump is getting forty percent or more of the vote, where Bernie Sanders is still floating around a third of the vote overall. So that that segment of the electorate that was driving away, you know, driving a wedge against the establishment, is was bigger in the Republican primary than it is in the Democratic primary.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if you can hear the leaf blower in the background. I apologize. That's mm-hmm. the uh, the leaf blower at the school across the street. But that's uh, that showbiz, as they say, more leaf that's, blowing.
1: It's a new day. All right. So, so that is what happened on Tuesday. We're going to see if Joe Biden can wrap it up in next Tuesday on March 10th. Uh, I think what was interesting is, you know, three of the biggest surprises on Super Tuesday were Maine, Massachusetts, and Minnesota. And guess what we have coming up this coming Tuesday? We've Who's got that? Missouri, Michigan. Mississippi, Mississippi, and Michigan. So we got the M states. The M states have been really telling uh, this week. So, so can. Uh, Bernie Sanders pull off that big surprise in Michigan like he did four years ago, or will, or will Joe Biden be able to nail it down? So that'll be because next- you
0: know what, Bernie Sanders isn't isn't running against Hillary Clinton this time, yep. and I think that Hillary's H- H- Hillary's personality, H- Hillary's baggage that, he car- that she carried helped Bernie Sanders in a lot of those states. We'll see what happens now when it's uh, Joe Biden versus Bernie Sanders. It'll be, it'll be f- fascinating to watch.
1: Yes, it will. All right. So let's move on to our hot take segment. So we're going to continue our discussion of the Democratic primary by actually talking about each Democratic contender. So we'll take 90 seconds for each of them. And when you hear this sound... It'll be time to move on to the next one.
0: Now, it's not so many, much contenders anymore because yeah. really there are only two contenders left. But we're going to talk about the people who dropped out this week. First, though, well, let's just talk about Joe Biden. Do you think he's in position to take this down, Patrick? I think he's in
1: position. And I get questions, for, for example, because I live in New Jersey, about whether the New Jersey primary in June will matter. And I said, we still don't know. We still don't have any idea. This could be still a knockout, dragout. Uh, If Bernie Sanders can do well next week, but if he doesn't do well next week, then I think Joe Biden is, is definitely in the catbird seat.
0: I I actually think it is going to be a knockout drag out because one other thing that's going to happen with Elizabeth Warren recently dropping out today, what we're going to see is we're going to see a debate between Sanders and Biden. I don't think it's going to be a great night for Joe Biden. I I like Sanders better in that fight. And the way things are set up, if it was winner take all, I think it would already be over because 10 states to four states. However, because it's not winner take all, I think this is going to drag, Patrick. I do.
1: Uh yeah, I think it's possible. But but remember, the next debate isn't until March 15th. And I think if Biden can win those March 10th states and do a sweep, that debate, is uh, becomes less important
0: okay yes if there is a sweep that's true if 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 he can come through and coalesce behind the the you know the the Buttigieg the Klobuchar and the Bloomberg of it all which is very very powerful and he can come through and win Michigan and take down Missouri I think that that'll be a, a big step but I also think there's going to be moments of nerves For Democrats, when they see Joe Biden one on one against Bernie Sanders, I think Sanders is going to be stronger in that fight. Let's move on to Bernie Sanders. What is his path with Elizabeth Warren dropping out right now? Does he have a path to make this happen?
1: Yeah, his path is winning uh, Michigan, Missouri, Idaho and North Dakota uh, on Tuesday. That's his path. I think he's got to sweep all those states. You
0: think he's got to sweep all those states? See, I, I, I actually think, I think he's got plenty of money. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I, even though he likes Joe Biden, which I appreciate, you know, I always appreciate when these candidates look at each other and say, "Look, I'm, I'm going up against this person, but I like them and I respect them." I really do appreciate that about Bernie Sanders saying that about Joe Biden. I think there was a, the, the, the enmity between um, Sanders and Clinton last time really, really hurt Hillary Clinton yeah. in the twenty sixteen general i think the fact that biden is uh seemingly a better friend to sanders might actually help i also I think, think so. that i think that biden needs to be very mindful he cannot take a scapel to this guy he's got to be respectful all the way through because he's going to need those voters when t- thing time comes yeah, right in. now with,
1: with all the other moderates out he he doesn't need to draw the contrast as much because it's already there it's yeah na- the it's naturally there but he can think- nasty The thing, though, I want to see for for Sanders, and you said this about Sanders last week, is that you know, unlike Trump, he put even though he's this rabble rouser and socialist, he puts America first. This will be the tail of the tape. If Biden starts racking up these delegates next week, is Sanders out by the end of the month?
0: I don't think he would be. I I, I actually well, that's.
1: That will prove to me whether he's putting his ideology first or his country first.
0: And also, last point, uh, no, no, move I, I just think it's funny that all last week was about Sanders, and now all this week is about Biden. And yeah. that should tell us something. Yeah, Things change.
1: Okay, but let's move on to uh, uh, the uh, bloom or bust. Mike Bloomberg.
0: I'm going to call this a bloom and bust. OK, i, I I'm going to be I'm I, that's just the way that I'm going to do it. What he did yesterday, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to talk about him also in my final thought. But what he did yesterday by stepping down and realizing that he wasn't going to win was a huge benefit for the Democratic Party in their fight against Donald Trump. I thought he handled himself very well. He was a bad candidate, unfortunately, for him. Yep. You know, he invested all this money. Uh, my wife asked me, should he get out after South Carolina? I was like, no, you can't ask a guy who invested 500 million dollars to get out before he has a chance have any votes he had his chance he saw that he was not going to be the choice and he stepped out and handled himself well so a tip of the hat to, to mike bloomberg to yeah. me
1: yeah i mean if he didn't have those really bad uh debate performances i think we might be talking a little bit differently about him but you can't change what happened and so with bloomberg i think the key there is going to be does he do what he's basically been telegraphing all along as he takes this apparatus that he's already created? and hands it over to this into the service of joe biden remember they can't coordinate but can he can he run all those ads that joe biden can't because joe biden doesn't have the money to do can he can he put out those organizers door knockers that he has in the streets for on behalf of joe biden because more than that to me
0: is him coming out with the commercials and putting those things out i think that's going to be huge
1: yeah i think so too i mean that's this is this is going to be the key and you know all indication has been that that this he will live up to that promise so we'll see all right, so let's go on to Elizabeth Warren right now. What do you think?
0: Well, I think it's, uh, you know, there was a piece of me. There's so much sadness with so many Warren supporters. They, they, they feel like they've lost their hope. And there's a lot of talk about old white guys running. And I get that. I mean, look, if Elizabeth Warren, we'll go back to this debate back in September when she was the front runner. She had the chance to be the one to stand against the president and maybe win. Um, But I I do think that there's a certain amount of hope. There was a piece of me that was hoping that she would stay in. I don't know how things are going to coalesce from her supporters. Where do they go, Patrick? Do they go to Biden or do they really all go to Sanders?
1: I think more of them go to Sanders than to Biden. Uh, and here's one thing that I think a lot of pundits are getting wrong. They're looking at her support, which is a huge chunk of it. Forty percent of her support are white women with a college degree. And Bernie Sanders does really poorly among this group. So they're assuming that they don't like Bernie Sanders. But we actually saw in the exit poll that when we asked those voters, Warren voters who have a, white women who have a college degree, who they like, who which candidates do they like, Sanders was the number two candidate after Warren. Was it? Yeah, so I think he's going to get more of them, but he's not going to get all of them. And I don't think he's
0: going to get all and of then them. When, and
1: then when you counter it with Bloomberg dropping out, Bloomberg is going to get nearly all of—I mean, Biden's going to get nearly all of Bloomberg's votes. Yes, vote. I, you can't And that's imagine. been a more than counter— I mean, what, if what Bloomberg might gain from Warren.
0: how many votes is Sanders going to get from Bloomberg? It's going to be, it's going to be not that high. It really yeah. isn't. I mean, because, yeah, and and
1: and and Sanders has been complaining that he would have won Maine, he would have won Texas yeah, before and wasn't But the president there. said, well, "Guess what?" So she, I guess she's saying to him right now, "Okay, go ahead, I'm I'm out. See if you can win Michigan." Anyway, all right. So Pete Buttigieg. So yeah, we talked about him a little bit. So what do you think he contributed? Here's
0: to this what stage? I think Pete did for himself. Pete just made himself a guardian of the republic. Pete just made himself a godfather, a made man in the Democratic Party for the next 40 years, 45 years. He will be running for president starting in 2024. And I'll tell you something. It was the best move he could have made because he didn't have to get out. He didn't. He could have stayed in. He could have John Kasich did. But the fact that he not only got out, but then stood next to Joe Biden, put his hand on his shoulder and said, please, if you supported me, support him. He's going he's gonna to bring the country together in the way that the reason I got in, he's going to do it. And he's the one that we all have to back. I, I, I think Pete made the move of a lifetime.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether I'd call him the guardian of the week, because I think Pete Buttigieg is looking out as much for Pete Buttigieg uh, as anything else. Because, yes, I said, okay. you know, yeah, he does <laughs> really I mean, good at, move. The, at the age of 38, considering how old Joe Biden is right now. Pete Buttigieg has eight more elections that he can run for president. yeah. Uh, so he can really set himself up. And I think that's what, you know, at the end, uh, you know, you're thinking about, Pete Buttigieg wants to be a player in the Democratic Party. Remember, and he is now. Remember, remember before yeah. this, he ran for the DNC chair.
0: Yeah. So, right? so, so he's, also, he,
1: he's, set it, he's been setting himself up for a while. He wants to be a player. And I think he positioned himself very well to do that.
0: Look back. If you haven't seen Joe Biden accept Pete Buttigieg's endorsement, there's a moment where Biden is his best moment of the week where he says he reminds him of his son, Beau. And just look at the look on Pete Buttigieg's face when he says that. It was fantastic. Okay, let's move on to um, Amy Klobuchar. What do you think of how she handles herself this week?
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, Amy Klobuchar has, in this race, has always been one of my favorite candidates to follow. She always was. And we've been talking about her since day one, since you went out and stood in that snowstorm uh, when she announced. And uh, I've been following her closely and seen her in those small venues. In Iowa and New Hampshire, where she tells those stories about her her uncle Dick, and they come off really well in those small venues. Not so much on the debate stage and national TV, but uh, that you know she is somebody who clearly has a lot of sway. Her argument about how popular she is in Minnesota was really borne out in the results.
0: Yeah, after she Biden dropped won. although she still she came in third, and you know the. To give her a little bit of a, you know, the same thing you said about Pete, she might have lost Minnesota the way that Warren lost Massachusetts to Bernie if she stayed in the race. The only reason for her to stay in the race was to win Minnesota and then get out. But it was very smart of her to get out when she did. Some people are talking that she would be a valuable VP candidate, which we're going to talk about in the next segment, in the next little uh, hot take. But I don't think so for Joe Biden. I don't think that that makes the most sense. For him, I think he's going to have to uh, find another way. But there are so many other jobs. She's incredibly capable. I could see her running for president again as well in 2024, 2028, for sure. I agree. She handles herself well.
1: If Joe Biden had not gotten into this race, and I've said this all along, there are a number of candidates that we probably would still be looking at today. I think Amy Klobuchar would have been one of them who would still been in the hunt. All right. So let's uh, wrap this up. So what do you think uh, overall? What do you think going forward? Uh, There's already the talk about... uh, vice presidential candidates yeah, i'm right?
0: excited about this this part of the conversation so you know now that we're down to two and we are we're now down to two the question becomes Who are you know, you're Joe not biden... counting tulsi gabbard no i'm not no, i'm, no, I'm okay. not counting tulsi gabbard her third party run which she will do i put it down but i don't want to waste my time on that then it's down to biden and sanders who is Sanders going to have run for vice president? Who is Biden? I'm more interested right now, just this week in Biden. And here's what I would, here's what I would say. Stacey Abrams has always been the obvious choice, Uh, African-American, bring a woman onto the ticket. I'm going to throw a crazy idea out here. If Elizabeth Warren does not come out and endorse Sanders, what if Joe Biden picked Elizabeth Warren? as his vice president. Someone said to me, a good friend of mine last night said, she brings nothing to the table. She came in third in her own damn state. She's not going to deliver anything. Well, I disagree. I think she delivers the Bernie Sanders people. I think that she delivers that, that part of the electorate. Am I wrong? Right.
1: She also gets those white college educated women excited uh, about, Mm -hmm. you know, because now you have, you finally have a white woman that close to,
0: And Biden's got the African-American vote covered. He doesn't necessarily need Stacey Abrams to get them excited because they see him as Obama's boy.
1: See, the the difficulty for having an old white guy as the top of the ticket is that you have two factors there that you have to, to put into play in the modern Democratic Party. You need a woman. You need somebody of color. And uh, are you, are you going it. to be able to do both? I, I, I'm looking at Kamala Harris rather than Stacey Abrams yeah. Because if you're Joe yeah. Biden, one of the things that you need to do, and in fact, every successful, and we're going to go over time on this
0: because yeah, this I is too go much over time fun to on this. over
1: time, is one of the things that has been successful for presidential candidates recently are those that really try to reinforce who they are, rather than look for somebody who can compliment them. That's why Joe Biden was a better pick for, uh, for Barack Obama than Sarah Palin was for John McCain. That's why Al Gore was a good pick for, uh, for Bill Clinton, is that uh, that we're finding that you don't need to balance. What you need to do is, is reinforce who you are but of course in this day and age you need to reinforce it with somebody who's not an old white guy i, I, uh, I want to but let me just but, say but this reinforce too. the decency is what when, i think
0: joe biden oh needs to decency do. I, yeah i guess i get it i get it i, I kind of like warren though punching but i think pens. warren
1: can i think warren can I actually I, I agree with you though in the sense i do think warren can reinforce the decency in in a way it's yeah. A different okay. We got to move
0: on to the guardian of the week because people get yeah. mad when we go over our time. They're like, "Hey, you yeah. set up these rules. You're not going to follow the rules." All right, all right. So we apologize, but we had to go a little further. You have a guardian of the week this week. It is Joe Walsh.
1: Yes. You've been talking about Joe Walsh a lot, and I've been holding off while he's been running for president. And I'm saying you know he's, he's he's in the mix, but now that Joe Walsh you know pulled out of his run to challenge uh, Donald Trump in the Republican primary, and this is a you know Tea Party guy um, serving Congress uh, that he has said all along. If it's Bernie Sanders, if it's Joe Biden, it doesn't matter who it is. If you want this country to survive, you have to vote for that person. You have to vote for whoever the Democrats put up. And the reason why I'm on, uh, putting up Joe Walsh for Guardian of the Week right now is that I see on social media, and of course, we can't judge everything by social media, but I see on social media that he's getting his hat handed to him by people who say, you are not a true conservative. And there is no way that Joe Walsh has given up his conservative ideological values, what he has done is exactly what a guardian needs to do. You put your country before your party.
0: Yep. And I know Joe Walsh a little bit. Um, I have had some communication with him and I fully endorse this guardian of the week. Uh, I, I, and you'll excuse the, the leaf blowers are back folks. I'm doing the best I can. I got him to, to stay quiet for about seven minutes. All right. So that's uh, Joe Walsh. So let's, let's move
1: on to our, our final thought. Let's uh, end with something uh, positive, I guess. What do you got?
0: Well, okay, real quick, uh, Mike, Donald Trump came out and made fun of Michael Bloomberg for losing. And Mike Bloomberg wrote, uh, Yeah, but here I come. Here I come, Don boy, and put a clip of Obi Wan Kenobi saying to Darth Vader, if I you strike me down, I will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And all I can say is he's about to put $2 billion behind Joe Biden.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, that was funny that that uh, tweet with that clip. I'm That's our final thought. (laughs) That's fine. Okay, so that's it for this week's edition of Guardians of the Republic. If you have any comments or thoughts for the show, please reach out to us on Twitter at GuardiansOTR.
0: And please remember to subscribe to get the latest episodes on your favorite podcast app and give us a rating and tell your friends and family so others can find us. Also, check out our website at guardians-republic.com.
1: Okay, thanks for joining us, and we'll be back with a new episode next week.
0: Without leaf blowers. See ya.